Hi, everyone, and uh, welcome to Leave Nothing to Chance, the podcast about starting and growing your small business, presented by Combank. I'm comedian Yanni Gislo, and in every episode, we speak with business owners about their journey of starting, growing, and managing their business. Now, we all know that businesses need customers, but uh, how we attract, engage, and nurture those customers uh, and relationships is the real reality of a small business ownership. And so today we're speaking with Edwina Sharik uh, of Birthbeat, which is an online antenatal education platform which originated in Tamworth, New South Wales. Uh, she's created a one-stop shop for expecting parents to get educated and empowered for their birth. Welcome to the show, Edwina. Thank you very much. Pleasure oh, to be here. Thank you very much. It's really great. I'm, I'm really fascinated. Uh, I don't have kids myself, so I'm really fascinated to hear uh, how your business works. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your business? Okay. Um, I think the best way to start is kind of why I started my business. That is a good that is a good reason. Uh, Everyone has a why. Yeah, that's it. And my why is my big driver and my big passion. And I also think a lot of entrepreneurs are probably quite similar in the way that you do something because it was a frustration or a lack of resources or you saw something that could be fixed and done better. And that's very much how So there's an event. Yeah, there was very much an event. Oh, yeah. Do tell us about (laughs) the event. Okay. So I, as you said, I'm from Tamworth. It is a fabulous, fabulous town. It's um, growing and it's, you know, I'm born and bred Tamworth, so I'm probably a little bit biased on that. (laughs) Um, But... When I was 36 weeks pregnant, so sort of picture me with this big round belly in front. I was very pregnant um, and I'm a registered midwife myself. And so I was 36 weeks pregnant with my daughter, Polly, and our local private maternity unit closed its doors. Oh, that is not a good thing. It is not a good thing. Was that your first child? Yes, Polly's my first child. I also have a four-year-old Theodore. And when I was pregnant with Polly, that happened. And even though I was planning on birthing at the public hospital, we were planning on going to antenatal classes, so our prenatal classes, our childbirth classes. People are often like, so do you do afterbirth? And I was like, no, no, it's anti is prenatal. Right. Yep. So let's just say prenatal for this so that we're not causing any confusion. Or I just say childbirth education classes. (laughs) So let's keep it simple. Okay. Um, And we were going to attend classes there, and I acknowledge we had left it quite late, and that led to us not doing any childbirth education classes. And Is that I, because, the, because the hospital yeah, closed? Yeah, the hospital yep. closed and um, at the time that was where we were going to go. And with that, I'm a registered midwife. I've seen plenty of birth. Yeah. I understand a lot about birth. But I would robbed my husband, Roscoe, of what? that opportunity to go along and understand and sort of know what his role is. And this is the real, you know, this is what's so important there is actually a role for the support person. Well, that's a very modern, modern opinion right there. I mean, time was, you know, men would like hang at home and they'd ring them and go, it's a boy. You yeah, know? And obviously absolutely. that's not, uh, you know, that's not what uh, that's not what most people do nowadays. My grandmother told me that she was dropped at the hospital and given money for the bus home. No, you are kidding me. <laughs> so we have come a long way. We have come a long way. <laughs> to be honest, after the birth of Polly and we, you know, we had a great you know, we had a great birth experience, but my husband was kind of like, wow, that was, you know, <laughs> baptism well, of they fire. Don't, they don't really show it in movies, don't they? They cut away at the bit, you know, where, you know, where, where the men would be like, oh, uh, yeah, no, that wasn't the way it was in the movie. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to say it's not like in the movies. No. Okay. And this is this is where childbirth education needs to be improved yes. hugely because it's not like in the movies. It is. There's a big blind spot because, I mean, I've, I, I don't have any kids. If yeah. you ask me what it's like to go through a birth, you know, with my partner, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Just no idea. Yeah. Well, that's why you'll come to me at birth. Absolutely. 
I will. <laughs> so, yeah, and look, we just we started very organically. So it was out of that frustration that the service had gone from regional our regional town. I got researching, like I actually am a real researcher. I love finding out the why, what, what, why, is, why is this happening? And I found out that 41% of maternity units in Australia right. have closed in the last 15 years. Oh, that's a shocking that's statistic. a shocking statistic. And I would imagine, do you know what proportion of those are in regional centres? I was going to say mainly rural, regional and remote yeah. Australia. And essentially- Yanni, I whinged about it for a while. And to who? <laughs> to my husband. Right, yes. <laughs> and uh, we had this little newborn Polly in our life and I said, you know, there's just got to be a better way. Um, we really need to improve the services that are in our town. And he said, well, why don't you do something about it? Well, you are a midwife, yeah. I am a midwife, but I had no business experience. Right. So I very naively went into the world of creating a small business. Amazing. So, okay, well, how, how did it start? Because, I mean, you've you got this idea and obviously everyone who, who starts a business has an idea. Yeah. And then how do you go? How did you go about practically, you know, turning that idea into a reality? Well, I think there's a sense of irony here because I probably did it with no strategy, no understanding <laughs> of business. I was completely naive, but I came to it from a place of just pure curiosity. Yeah. I was just like, there's got to be a way to do this. That's a good mindset to yeah. do anything really, curiosity, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know? I, in business, I yes. think it is. Like remove all the ego, be okay with asking the questions. I, I surround myself with people that are a lot smarter than me, a lot better at their job, and I genuinely think that that's how we've been able to grow and scale Birthbeat because – I never pretend that I've got all the answers. That's that. That's true. I think that's a very productive mindset for anything. Like, I mean, I know uh, with myself, like, you know, I sat there for years uh, whinging, as you say, yeah. to people going, oh, you know, I've got this idea to write a script for a, for a sitcom. But, you know, and I wrote the script and I was like, I have no idea how to sell it to anyone. But then I didn't really, I didn't really immerse myself in, around people who knew mm. that. And, and then uh, at some point, like someone emailed me like an event, which was kind of like, you know, how to pitch your script and whatever. And I just was like, oh, there, there this information is a around yeah. if you care to look for it. And I hadn't looked for it. But yeah. then, you know, sometimes you just need someone else or sometimes you need an impetus. And obviously your one was your experience when your daughter was born. Yeah. What was your business like initially? Yeah. So it just started out like I still remember it really clearly, just um, teaching the classes in people's living rooms. You know, I'd travel around Tamworth and just do private classes. Okay. Well, then... let's, let's just stop there because you say you're teaching people. So who were these people yeah. and how did you how did you find them? And that's the thing. I am... Um, it's it's such a cliche word, but it was so organic. It was just, <laughs> it really was. It was like someone told someone, hey, there's this midwife in Tamworth and she does these really great classes. You don't have to go to the hospital. She comes to you, you oh, know. Wow. So small town, well, word of you mouth. You do have a captive market there as well, didn't you? Y yeah, that's a really interesting thing because I want you just to think about um, like weight loss programs or a gym membership yep. or anything in that health and wellness space. Yeah. That it's not time critical to purchase, complete and do the course. No. Except when you're pregnant. I <laughs> know, oh, that's true. There's a real hard <laughs> deadline at the end there, isn't there? There really is, <laughs> which is an incredible thing when you start to think about um, your customer and when they're going to be coming to you at what stage in their life. It's a very short period in their life, but it's critical. Yes. It happens within that time. There's no point purchasing an antenatal course and saying, <laughs> I'll oh, do it next year. I'll do that next year. <laughs> I think that's 100% true. Mm, you know, mm. like sometimes it is being the right person in the right place at the right time. I read this um, autobiography of um, 
what it was just about uh, all the most important people in the computer revolution. And yep. basically Bill Gates, who is Bill Gates, and we all know Bill Gates, he uh, basically was in the right time at the right place because computers were just beginning yep. to become a big thing. But also his mother worked at a school where they had a computer and this was when there were no computers at any yep. schools. And he used to go in and uh, and he was the only one who knew how to use it properly yep. when he was like 12 years old. Yep. And he got this reputation, maybe uh, the same way you got a reputation around Tamworth as like, you know, they were like, oh, if you're having a baby, you got to uh, you got to mm. go see Edwina. She's she's the one to see. Bill Gates, same deal. Other people who had the same computer, they were like, I don't know how to do this with it. They go, there's this kid, yeah, and he knows how to do it. And that's how you know he became really like one of the pioneers in that field. That's it, and he did it. That's yes. the thing. Like everything in business, every like how you talked about, you had an idea, yes, but you hadn't written the script. Then you wrote the script. You got doing, and yep. that's the biggest lesson in business. I think yes. is it doesn't have to be perfect. But just get started. So we um so we just started doing face to face classes. We we then did face to face classes for five years. So that's a that's a long time. It is. And how did it develop over those five years? Yeah. And so again, like I'd find the the lack of resources that were available. So I started writing my own content. I started, you oh. know, creating exercises, um, creating like examples of how to show what an epidural involves because I couldn't find anything in the education world for birth. I believe, did it to the standard that it should be done. Right. And what I incidentally did was create a product that is all about, and as you said, you don't have children, but to everyone listening out there that does have children, the minute you're pregnant, it's almost like, and particularly health professionals, but the public, they take ownership of this woman. You know, I've seen people, you know, complete strangers come up and rub a woman's tummy. You know, if there's women listening, they're all going to be nodding their heads. Mm. Everyone is full of opinion at that time of your life as well. Like, oh, you've got to do it this way. You must buy this. You must go there. You must see this obstetrician. And it's really overwhelming. It's very overwhelming for the expecting couple. And I went against the grain. I was like, that's not the way that I teach. And I don't believe that that's how people become empowered. No. Being told, like we're adults. I agree. We don't yeah. need to be taught in that way. Yeah. So Birthbeat is unique in that we give you all the information that you need to know. It's all evidence-based. None of it is my opinion. None of it is about if I've had a good or a bad day or a bad sleep the night before. It is incredibly professional. It's incredibly well put together. Yeah. But it's about you. Yep. You choose, you so know, and I, when I say focus. when I say you, I realise I'm pointing to a man yeah, yeah. here, but you get what <laughs> I mean. It's about my birth. It's about my pregnancy. Well, it's about the woman's birth and pregnancy yeah. and her support person, whoever that may be. And it's really, I didn't realise how unique that was the way that I teach. I was constantly building and improving the product. And like if we talk about catalysts or, you know, what, what changed, yeah. it was in 2017, Early 2017, and we had a couple that travelled from Cobar. Okay, so where, where now, is that for those? I who was going to say yeah. Cobar is about 500 kilometres west of Tamworth. Uh, which, which for anyone listening, not in Australia, that's that's close. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that's close in Australia, but no, it's, it's still not, a it's long. It's not close, even in, even in Australia. It's say, not close. It was a long way that this couple had to travel. Yeah. They paid two nights accommodation. They were not birthing in Tamworth. They were birthing in Dubbo. Right. And when they came. I sort of said to them, you know, why are you here? Like, yeah. you know, this is really interesting to me. 
it's a little bit flattering, you know. There's that little yeah. bit of your ego that goes, wow, you know, we're really onto something How here with How far away are people going to come from next? I know. But then also going, but that's not good enough. That's not good enough because They should this, have somewhere closer. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I'm very passionate about access and equitable health in regional Australia. So I spoke to them and, you know, started again, you know, going, gosh, what's the way around this? Can we franchise? Can I employ more staff? Can I train midwives? Yeah. Um, at the time I was working full time and Polly and Theo were two and four. Right. We were building a house. There was a lot, a lot going, going on, on yeah. personally. And I felt quite overwhelmed, to be honest, and sort of thought about selling the business or well, this is the thing with businesses is they, they hit some sort oh, of they hit a yeah. sort of critical point, don't yeah. they? And then you either change what you're doing or, you know, the whole thing could fall apart. Yeah. So what did you do? Well, my husband, he's very wise and he said, You're spending a lot of time on birth feet. Are you making any money? And I was like, oh, the million dollar yeah, question. And or even the exactly, hundred dollar yeah, question. Yeah, no, it wasn't even that. No. And um <laughs> he said, and I said, Oh, look. I think so. We were bootstrapping. I just would invest everything that I earned back into the business. And I really had no idea about cash flow or forecasting or anything financially. So he said, well, you need to do a P&L. Right. I said, okay, cool. And he was away for work at the time. I remember going into the office and Googling. What is a PNL? <laughs> that was my next question. I thought I don't ask it. Let's see. Nope. It'll make you think that I, she doesn't know what she's talking about. I had no idea. Wow, amazing. Okay. I, I like don't. I'm, oh, for those I'm, who don't know, a profit and loss, right? Yeah, exactly. Profit yep. and loss statement. Are you making money? Saying how much is coming in, how much is going out. Like yep. really, really basic kind of business finance well, talk. We, we, even if you've never made one, we all have one. It's called your bank account. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So essentially, I sat down and did it, and I remember calling him and saying. I was so excited. And I said, I have made $2,500 this year. And I was so (laughs) excited. And he said, great. What did you pay yourself in wages? Oh, yeah. Right. (laughs) And I hadn't. I hadn't uh, paid yeah. myself anything in and the how- wages column. I just, you know, this is a this is a labor of love. I love what I'm doing. It's never been about making money. Yeah. But he very rightly said to create a sustainable business, if you want to continue to serve and get this out to more women, yes. you actually have to work out a way to make this commercially viable. Well, that's it. And also, you don't know how many hours you'd worked. You know, you might have been ending well, up working for about three bucks an hour. No, six cents an hour we worked out. <laughs> Really? <laughs> I spend a lot of time because yeah. it is something I'm so passionate about. And th- with your own business, obviously, you can just you can you can be doing it almost every waking hour, can't you? Well, I would. So I'd go to work during the day, um, play with the kids in the afternoon, do dinner, put them to bed, and then I would go into the study at seven o'clock at night and be in there usually till about midnight. Right. So so let's um so you were saying so after this happened um yeah so after that happened then. Like the whole having to think about finances and business and commercialization, that truly overwhelmed me. Yep. And I was thinking about just packing it all in. Um, well, that would have been a great shame for I the know. expecting mothers of Tamworth and the surrounding areas. And that was what kept me motivated. Yeah. But I was like, how do I help more mothers in Australia? Yep. That was my then, you know, that was my, I'm like a racehorse, you know, with blinkers <laughs> on. That's my vision. I'm going to make this happen. And the next month we had a couple that came from Sydney. Oh wow, that's they, is, that, is that further than co- it's, co- it's about no, it's it's about the same actually, right. but I knew that they had classes to go to, options in yeah, Sydney. That's true, I, yes. That was the really I was like, so why are you here? And they said we'd heard Birthbeat was the best. Wow, and that was I was like, oh, we're, we're on to something. You know, this has yeah. got legs. And it was then that I had the idea. What about taking it online? 
So right. I did explore. So it was never online at all? No, no. Right. We had no online component um, and I explored franchising and training other midwives. But again, my concern was that my absolute dedication to quality and looking after my women, you know, and you're going to talk about customers. I talk about my women, yes. but they are essentially my customers. Yes. What if they didn't get the best experience through someone that I had trained that would really disappoint me. You know, well, how would I be with that? There's a big difference between being in the same room as a person and a website, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that was one of my concerns. How do I create a product where the women feel that they connect with me? And we'll get into that because we did a lot of research around that. And how long ago was that? that? Um, so this is mid-2017. So not even that long ago. No, like no. just over a year this ago. This has been really fast. Very, very fast. Online is fast. Well, startup world is fast. Yes. You know, okay. you, you test it, you fail. You go again. You test it. It works. You build on it. Okay. So how did how did that change your relationship with your with your women, as you say? Yeah. So first, I had to work out a way to do it and do it well. And so I wrote a business plan and I entered it into the Commonwealth Bank Twenty One Day Innovation Award. Oh. Um, and we were one of the national winners. So that was yay. <laughs> and I'm very thankful to Commonwealth for that because they brought me to Sydney. We went into their um, UX labs. So for anyone who doesn't know What's what that UX, means, yeah. it's user experience. Right. That's one of the most critical things if you're going to create something and put it online. Like in my mind, I was like, I got a great class. I'm going to film it. I'll put it online. And even those words now, I'm like, oh, uh. I was so naive. <laughs> I was so naive. It's there is so much more to it than just putting it online. Yeah. And we got to go and um, work at the Commonwealth Bank Innovation Labs and use the UX and actually test in real time. Like it's a phenomenal experience if you ever get an opportunity. So you're sitting in one room right. with like a business coach with your website up. We had people that would come in and they would go into the room next door and they were looking at the website and they have what's called retina mapping. So we are following wow. where their eyes are going on the website. Yes. We're recording what they're saying and heat mapping. So to see, you know, and it's a bit about like how do they feel about the experience? What are they reading? How does it make them... You know, it's what's very sophisticated, oh, it? was it? incredible. Also quite confronting, I imagine, when it's your website. I was going to say, incredibly confronting when you have done all the work as well. So I had built this. I remember I'd got a quote from a woman in Brisbane and it was $13,000 to yep. build like basically what we call our minimal viable product, like our first, our first very scrappy going online, let's test the market. Yeah. And I didn't have $13,000. You had $2,500. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> which I'd probably already invested back into the business at that stage. And um, this woman said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I think I'll do it myself. Right. And she scoffed at me. Right, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, like as in. Yourself. Uh, yeah, as in like. How as naive. If, yeah, exactly. Um, fiercely competitive. And yes, so if somebody red rag scoffs at me, yeah. yeah, exactly, red rag to a bull, and I built it in four months. I am not recommending that anyone listens does that. I think we're all waiting to hear yeah, what happened when well, you're in the UX lab. It was very confronting. I love that you're sitting here like you're watching the blockbuster. I am, by the way, for people who can't see, which is everyone because it's a podcast. <laughs> I've got my hand over my mouth like, oh, my God, uh, is it going to work? Was, no, it was terrible. Oh. So the first woman that came in, she said, um, it seems sleazy and salesy, oh. like she's trying to sell me a weight loss program. Oh. I still remember that and just gutted, absolutely gutted. But sitting in this fancy innovation lab in Sydney, Having to yeah. sit there and go, 
Oh, oh right. Okay. Um, oh, bring on the next person. You, you, you know what? I think I feel like you know my pain because as a stand-up comedian, that's exactly what it's like because you write a thing and you go, yeah. this is good. Yeah. And then you literally the walk out in front. The world needs fr- this. You, you walk out in front of strangers, disinterested people who don't yeah. really have any. You tell your friends, they go, you're so funny. Yeah. And then you do the joke and it sometimes it just dies. Yeah. And that's the thing that, you know, and most people don't get that, that sort of real-time feedback yeah. on something you've poured your heart and soul into and it is it's crushing yeah it was um but it's also quite I was gonna uh, say, it's quite educational it was it was a gift yes. it was an absolute gift so then they had three people that came through that day i remember one gentleman who was expecting his first baby mm. he said like he got to about the eighth page he'd been on there for about 13 minutes and he said oh she's a midwife Oh, you didn't have that right up front. No, I didn't have it anywhere. The coach had said, this woman's actually a midwife. And then we realised, we went through the whole website, it doesn't say anywhere on there that I'm a midwife. In the online world, that's, you know, really important that you Mm. make sure that your core message is there and it's, you know, they're going to see it in the first literally two seconds yes. that they're looking at your website. Well, that, that's that's, an, that's a crucial part of the brand, isn't yes, it? Yes, exactly. So that night, I remember, we, um, I stayed up really, really late and we built out the wireframe and tested it the next day. So we were able to go back into the lab and, and we had three new people. 24 hours difference. Yeah, yeah. And it was still incredibly scrappy. Yep. But it was a huge improvement. Amazing. Yeah. And that actually, I left Commonwealth Bank. I spent two days there and I took the website down. Yes. So that was mid-2017 and then we rebuilt it again. This was the sort of online portal and rebuilding what the women were going to see and their support people and we took it live online November last year. So we haven't actually been online for more than 12 months. Right. And um, I actually, when I first... When I first decided to go online, because again, like we talked, you know, that organic um, reaching our customers in Tamworth, it was so easy. It was so simple. Everyone spoke to everyone. It was like the Bush Telegraph. Yes, very. Um, And then, as I said, you know, naively launch an online national business. Um, But I have to say my customers are amazing because they're my biggest champions. Yes. So when we talk about, you know, strategies to engage more customers and things like that, if you truly put your customer as the core focus of what you're doing. So whenever I'm changing a product, tweaking something, making another video, I'm like, how does this serve my woman? You put yourself in their shoes. Absolutely. But you have been in their shoes. That I, must be really I have, help. exactly. Yeah. But I also talk to them a lot. I actually spend a lot of time still emailing um, messaging, direct messaging on social media, talking to my customers, which is ab- like I'm obsessed with my customers. Hive mind, as they call it. it. It You have to be. Like you have to, you cannot um, come into this with an arrogance and think it's about you. Nothing about Birthbeat is about me. It's about my customer's journey and that's critical. Well, that's, yeah, you, I mean, your own experience is going to be one point of view, but you're, you have access to hundreds yeah. of points of view, don't you? Yeah, and I, when I sort of talked about a typical customer, I had in my mind, like I could talk about my customer avatar like, oh, yeah. and actually in my home office I have a picture of a woman who when I first started you know like I you use, thought, use a lot of this visu- is who yeah I use a lot is. of visualization yeah. I haven't done it but what I should do now is have a picture of so many people now around her. Like a multiplicity of yeah. people, maybe like one, two, three, four, five. And yeah. th- there's something in the middle that binds them all, but That's they're right. all slightly well, different. Well, just last night I got an email from a grandmother who was supporting her daughter. Like so 
grandmother of the baby, but the mother of this woman who was doing birth beat. And she just said, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be involved. You know, I wouldn't have been able to go along to the hospital classes, but I was able to sit on the couch with her daughter and her son-in-law. She was present at the birth. It's 30 years since she's birthed her babies. She had a C-section for both of them. And she said, you helped me to support my daughter. That's so, and yeah. That's that customer. I hadn't even thought about. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not on your avatar. No, no, I've had two dads who were having a baby over in the states, and they're like, "Where were we going to go to understand what was going on?" It's the birth of their child, yes. but they had a surrogate mother in yep. America, and I was like, "They're not on my no. customer avatar." Like, I've got my kind of what I think the bulk is going to be, but I'm more about like, how do I help? All my customers have Amazing. the best birth experience. Okay, that's a, that's a that's a fascinating answer. Thank you. And I think important thing with customers is don't pigeonhole. Don't think, oh no, I only want to talk to that person because that doesn't align with our vision. My vision, better the birth experience for all. It means my customer base yeah. is potentially so huge, but I make sure that everything I do provides value to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, and even, you know, I mean, that that's your vision, but just even from a practical point of view, if you have a very limited idea of who your customer is, you're cutting out a whole bunch of potential customers. Yeah. It's so not a smart business decision. It's not a smart decision. business decision. And finally, I'd just really like to ask you, um, having run your own business and having had it grow from something very, very small uh, into something much bigger, but also just change its form, what tips would you give to other business owners about dealing with their customers? Yeah. And, um, I actually think that's really interesting. Of course we've grown, but I still think of us as a baby. You know, yes. it's still early days. We've got so much room and potential for growth and I'm not saying we're done, you know, like we're just at the beginning. For me, I like if we're talking, did you say tips for others, is just to get started. So To pa- do something. To do something. So particularly, particularly Australians and then I'm going to say again, particularly women. We have these ideas and there's lots of stats around how many Australians think about, you know, a startup or a business or trying something themselves. A lot of the Australian mentality around um, ambition and, you know, they refer to tall poppy syndrome. This is a, yeah. It's like ambition's a dirty word. Yes. And my what I want to say is be ambitious, be bold, take risks. You know, if you truly believe in what you're selling or what you're doing or what you're creating. Like that's the thing. It needs to be something that's worthy, I believe, you know, like. Um, well, it has to get you up in the morning, Exactly. It? Yeah. And, you know, like it's not, it's not about making money for me. That's a side product of it. It's about genuinely educating and empowering women to have their best birth. But it needs to be something that can potentially make you money or well, you're not going to be able to continue to do it. You've got to do of, a P&L, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Sit down, muck it out. It doesn't have to be something, you know, that's big and grandiose. Just Google, you know, what is a P&L and yeah. see if you're going to be able to be sustainable. That's the key. And then get started. It doesn't have to be perfect. I think, Re- I, think yeah. of our very scrappy first website that was told salesy, sleazy weight loss program. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you stop there, yeah. that's that's when you fail. You've just got to keep going. Thank you very much, Edwina, for coming on. That was really fascinating. So my takeaway from all the stuff we talked about uh, is uh, that, that honest and hard-to-hear feedback can often be brutal and difficult to hear, but it's so valuable. Also, that your customer's use of technology is uh, is the key to your success. And finally, that you, you have to stay true to your purpose and know your customer and, most importantly, do something. Get something done. Start it up. 
have a passion and don't let people deter you. That's absolutely it and so beautifully summarised. <laughs> thank you very much to Edwina Sharik for coming in and talking to us. And thanks again to all our listeners for tuning in. And if you'd like to find out more, you can search for Combank Small Business for more resources. I'm comedian Yanni Agislo and this is the Leave Nothing to Chance podcast. Thank you very much for listening. 